0: You are now listening are now to listening. The Real Minority Report, where we decided, to be, the decided to be the change. Guys, we are back with another episode of The Real Minority Report, so thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, if you didn't catch it, we got a new intro, so make sure you go back and listen to it again, because the show doesn't sound like crap anymore. But uh, today is a very special episode. It's going to be my first collaboration with another podcast. Uh, ask a black guy and today on the show we have slim and smooth we'll uh hopefully get to hear a little bit about you guys' podcast and your mission and your background and all that good stuff
1: we came across your podcast actually smooth came across your podcast and introduced it to me how'd Uh, that work true
2: i was on instagram oh hello everybody i'm smooth The white guy is slim. Yeah, I'm late. <laughs> uh, so I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw the uh Real Minority Report um podcast. And I was like, oh, what is this? I was just curious, so I clicked on it because you know obviously we do our podcast too. And then I, I read through uh some of the posts and then I actually listened to some of the podcasts. I was like, oh look, we got a police officer who's actually doing podcasts, and we talk about all kinds of crazy stuff on our podcast. We even talk about a lot of, you know, police issues also. Yeah, we talk a lot about
1: that.
2: Not only was it a police officer, it was a, it was a black police officer, uh, which, you know, obviously the, our show is Ask a Black Guy. And it was like, this is perfect. We can get the viewpoint of a black police officer in who's out there on the front lines every day. We can ask him, you know, questions that people want to know, like you know, white people want to know, black people want to know, you know, common, regular people want to know, other police officers want to know. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was perfect because I reached out I say, hey man, I I really appreciate your show. You know, uh, I like to see that. You know, now black officers have a voice out in the community, uh, a professional voice. Uh, He was very well educated, very uh, articulate, and uh, I definitely thought, like, yo, we definitely should talk to him and try to get him on the show and see if we can uh, pick his brain a little bit, get some of his information and his knowledge. Yeah.
1: So, to give you kind of a your audience a little background on on what we do, um, Smooth and I have been friends for. Going on 11 years now. Oh man. Um,
2: we Ancient. worked together
1: and uh, we had this thing
2: among our coworkers <laughs> that, <laughs> that we called Ask a Black Guy. And, uh, it basically was a bunch of white dudes <laughs> asking the one black guy they work with the questions about black people. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, had, they had no frame of reference when it comes to black people. So, like, oh, we know a black guy, we're cool. We? <laughs> <laughs> we can
1: ask
2: him. I, our... <laughs> I feel more comfortable with these Smooth. I'm going to ask you this
1: question right now.
2: Oh, man. And it, and it literally was, they were constantly asking me questions about black culture and, and things that they came across with black people that they that they were legitimately curious about and concerned and wanted to know they wanted to be educated about it so
0: yeah i think that's a good I, thing i mean i wish great. i wish more white people did that instead of just assuming so oh, i mean bro, that's, yeah. that's good two
2: of us. <laughs> so so what we decided and we literally like bro they would call me text me it it, it was so frequent that i would pick my phone up and they'll be like smooth. I'm like, what? They'll be like, I gotta ask a black guy. I'm like, shoot. <laughs> and then they just go right the questions and we'll just go right into it. It's so. happened for years and years. Oh, years. this is going on for like 10 years. Yeah. And uh
1: it's funny because I think we started our podcast right around the same time you did too. you you started yours like in June, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's not very old at all. So yeah,
2: so uh, yeah. I think
1: which we started is, ours like Which is med.
2: surprising, because I, I thought you were on for a while, man. Yeah. I, like, you got a lot of listeners, bro. No, you got a lot of listeners, your your content, like you sounded super professional too. And I was like, oh, this guy, this guy knows we need to reach out and ask him some information because, uh...
0: No, I'm so glad you guys saw that because you probably feel the same way I did, like, like I mean, the first episode, I, I edited it for like three days straight before I put it mm-hmm. out, and I still thought it sounded like garbage, but then... No, I, our first
2: episode uh, just sounds like garbage. Episode? <laughs> sound like garbage. Have you heard our first episode? It still sounded like garbage. And we were going to edit it uh, and change it, and even thought about redoing it, but, you know, I like to, I like to remember where we started from. Yeah, I think know? it's funny. Yeah, it started yeah. from the bottom, now we're here. I like yeah, it.
0: Exactly. So, you didn't realize how much work went into these things when Oh, it started, man, it was a you know? lot. So,
2: just the, yeah. trying to learn the, the software and Trying to figure out what's what and how to move and how to yeah. operate. That's a yeah. lot.
0: Yeah, there's not this whole team of people running this podcast. I mean, don't get me wrong, I have a ton of support, but it's just me in my kitchen usually doing stuff. So
2: you know what it is? If we ever get stuck, <sighs> what we should do is go to elementary school and get like four eight-year-olds that run their own TikTok channel and they can just wipe us <laughs> out with this. And that's just be our like <laughs> production managers. <laughs>
0: I don't know if, if, if our if our podcast has an actual um, mission. I mean, I just wanted to, to do something. Like you said, you know, you had people asking you a lot of different questions, you know, about the culture and things like that. But when it comes to the podcast, I think that with the current, you know, political climate and with everything that's going on with police officers as far as reform and, reallocating funds and changing policies and procedures and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's when you're an officer, um, your job is the topic of conversation. A lot of places that you go, it's when your family members and your friends. And there are a lot of people that I love and that are near and dear to my heart. that want to know what I do. And they ask me questions all day, every day. And sometimes, you know, you get those annoying questions. Like they'll send you a video. and be like, what do you think about this? And, you can only tell them so much because you're not there, you know, and I just wanted to put out something that was a bit more transparent when it came to my job and that maybe, you know, it could help people understand my perception a little better. And uh, I mean, there's a, there's a million things that go along behind that, but you you, know, you also could motivate somebody to become a police officer, you know and mm-hmm. to me to me that would probably be the biggest accomplishment somebody <clears throat> can say hey man I always wanted to be an officer but the only thing I saw was negative things on tv and then I, I come across your podcast so you and I had a conversation and now they want to be a cop like that would be incredible um right. you know growing up you know in, in the black community a police officer being a police officer is it, not something that's really glorified you know you're gonna they glorify the athletes and they glorify the scholars and the people that want to be doctors and lawyers and things like that. But very rarely do you see communities encourage uh, young black men and women to become police officers, you know? And so you just want to go against that negative stereotype. So like I said, I don't, I didn't think I have any uh, personal goal as far as the podcast goes, but just wanted it to be informational. Right.
1: Is that something did you know you always wanted to be a,
0: a police officer? Oh, my yeah. God. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Uh, I, I mean, I was on the same tip that everybody else was on. Kind of, I was just like, nah, that's not for NWA me.
2: You know? it? Did you NWA it when he was growing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I,
0: I don't think I was on that tip, but uh, it's kind of just like there's a million other things that I'd rather be doing. Of course, I mean, I grew up playing sports. So, mm mm-hmm that was the angle for a while. And then after that, uh, and I still love learning about animals, but I wanted to be a vet for a while. So about halfway through college, I was just like, man, it's really, I'm not really feeling this. And, uh, thank God I had a roommate at the time who was in the police academy Mm -hmm. and through hanging out with him and hanging out with some of his friends. I was like, man, I can do this one on a few ride alongs. And then after that, it was history. So, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the post that I just put out, but, um, a lot of people think you can just go to the department and sign up and you'll get hired mm-hmm. tomorrow. And, uh, that's not true at all. I think I, spent <laughs> like, I think I spent like three years trying to get into the police academy alone. Yeah. And, uh, I was very fortunate. I got some help, was able to pay my way into the academy initially. And then I ended up getting sponsored by another academy. So that was a huge blessing because you know how hard the academy can be, especially if you're working you know, two sure. jobs or three jobs at the same time. So definitely not something that I knew I wanted to do all along. But uh, it, it it's better than any plan I could have had for my life, you know, looking back. Yeah, know. So it, It's
1: interesting. I don't think uh, the majority of America doesn't understand the process from start to finish. No. Uh, from start to finish on the application process, from the beginning of a police contact to the end. How an, how an arrest works from start yeah. to finish, how warrants work. Um, we're, we're fairly educated in it. We've done a lot of research on it. And mm-hmm. we also uh, have a lot of friends that are police officers. So we really understand it. That's why we actually talk a lot about mm-hmm. um, on our show and some of the issues that are coming up because it really is a lack of education and understanding about the job itself. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, it's unfair. And, 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 and police officers just get an awful shake. Particularly when the media grabs onto something, uh, the facts just don't matter, and that's not how the judicial process works. Uh, particularly when police officers get in a shooting or uh, some sort of a deadly force altercation. Um, so that's uh, that's why we wanted to talk about it, and I think this is why your podcast is so important. So
0: I think that uh, <clears throat> you know once. Once social media kind of sets the narrative, it's almost impossible to change it, Uh, no no matter how many facts you throw into the equation. Because Mm -hmm. I can remember when um, almost immediately after the George Florida incident occurred, there were like several articles, of meme that were floating around. And they would say like, oh, you know, um, like hairdressers and barbers have to have more hours Mm -hmm. uh, than police officers do. I saw those. I was, I was, and no disrespect to anybody that's in those professions, because I don't know what it what it takes, you know, in order for you to get your license and and start practicing that. But I was just thinking, man, I've applied to so many departments over the years before I got this job, and I think my background check alone, on average, took four months. Yeah. Before Mm -hmm. I I even sat down and talked with somebody. Mm -hmm. Then not only that, after three or four months, I had to wait for the, the oral board interview. And that took another two months. And then it's like, dude, you know, if you look on paper from when I applied to the department from when I got hired, it's over a year. So, oh. but according to the internet, all I can, all I have to do is go bus out $400 and I'll get my gun and badge. <laughs> internet <laughs> scholars. <laughs> yeah. And, <then> I can, <laughs> and I can yeah. go patrol, I can go patrol the streets. So all of a sudden you're Serpico. Yeah, you know, exactly. they're out there
1: just kicking indoors, murdering people. Yeah. You
0: know, that's all good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that like you like right. you said, that's not that's not fair at all. But it's so you're going against the grain because, you know, the internet the social media is just so powerful. It's like and, and people are like, Oh, I researched it. And I'm like, dude, you read an Instagram post. Oh, yeah,
2: you read <laughs> an Instagram post you, yeah. or you found yeah. something on Wikipedia or Google. And you, yeah. Yeah. And you're yeah. with it. you don't
1: have that PhD <laughs> in your name, bro. I don't think you researched it.
2: And dude, you got but... it from <laughs> <laughs> www.bobscomments.com. Again, that's what you like. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, hey. Like our show, like we're very critical uh, over a lot of things, especially when we talk about police issues. I, sometimes I come off as anti-cop. Uh, I'm not anti-cop. but To some people, they might think I'm anti-cop. I'm not anti-cop at all. I'm just very analytical and I'm very, uh, I like to look at the facts, you know, I'm very factual. Yeah. And then, I mean, some, when you were right, we're right. And when we're wrong, we're wrong, you know, as people and mm-hmm. as cops, even more so like, you know, I, I look at the facts, I look at the facts. Uh, I'll also try not to Monday morning quarterback a situation, especially when I have pieces of information, because I know how stressful that can be when the whole world is doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do appreciate police officers in all communities um, to deal with the stuff that they deal with. And I completely understand. Uh, I tell people all the time. When it comes to police officers and it comes to being a police officer and actually doing a job uh, compared to other jobs and professions in this country that you can do. Um, <clears throat> police officers are you have to be social workers. You have to be parents. You have to be, you know, uh, medics. referees, medics. You know, you have to do all these things. You have to wear all these hats. And sometimes the pay isn't that great. Uh, there's no uh, community love sometimes, you know. It's a, rough, it's a rough job. And I tell people all the time, you got to understand, like, when it comes to being a police officer, um, from the conversations I had with uh, some friends and uh, who are police officers, that there are certain jobs that people choose. And there are certain jobs that choose people and being a police officer is definitely a job that chooses the people. Yep. Because like I said, the pay isn't great. The rewards aren't great. But as far as, you know, the respect in the community, sometimes from the people you even go to help, they they turn around and curse you out. Like you just stole their last sandwich off the counter, you know?
0: Yeah. Yep.
2: Um, but people, but the police officers that do the job, they do it because there's a, there's a level of, you know, wanting to help people wanting to make things better like they do it out of the kindness of their heart i mean they're getting paid for it, yeah, but the pay is not worth the sacrifice that some people have to make mm-hmm. you know some people sacrifice their careers they sacrifice limbs they sacrifice their family life even up to their lives you know so there's no amount of money in the world that that that, that you can pay someone to say go do this job today you might die tomorrow mm-hmm. you might die you might not see your family when you walk out this door you might not come back to there so, hats off to all police officers. That is greatly appreciated, um, and I want to make sure that it doesn't get lost uh, amongst all our shows and everything that we talk about. You do so, apologize
1: a lot on the show, <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: I, you know, because I'm I'm a very I'm a very outspoken you know individual, and I I speak my mind all the time. Like I said, if I think it's right, it's right. If I think it's wrong, it's wrong. It's my personal opinion. I try to line up as many facts as possible to paint a bigger picture. And sometimes it comes, Some people might think I come off as anti-cop. I am not anti-cop. I am just all about the truth, all about the facts, and I would dig and I would dig. And if I'm if I'm right, I'm right. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, I, I apologize for it. You know.
0: So I think mind. when it comes, I think when it comes to being an officer, what I've seen time and time again is they're usually very, very factual people, especially when it comes to. When it comes to like, you know, in the in setting of an argument or whatever, very rarely do you see or hear a whole lot of emotion. And and maybe that's a gift and a curse, you know, but like you said, as far as, as far as some people might think you come off as heartless or whatever, when you're looking at situations or when you're talking about specific incidents and I even had to catch myself being like, hey man, like maybe I should be more you know, sympathetic to people's situations or whatever, but like you said, you can't, and maybe that's just the territory that comes with the job. You just can't help, but be like, Hey, I know what you're feeling. I know what you might see, but these are facts. Mm -hmm. And like you said, in the heat of the moment, especially when it comes to people's emotions, they don't listen to facts.
2: No, they don't don't listen to to
0: statistics or anything like that. And so, like I said, I, I have to, I have to catch myself. Oh yeah, I know. I heard that. I heard that. <laughs> yeah. I know I you know, you don't statistics. like. I know you don't like I, hate, I, hate statistics. I, hate statistics. <laughs> I know. Well, that's good because I don't have any for you today. So <laughs> no stats today. But I, mm-hmm. I, I understand. You know, you have to catch yourself as an officer sometimes because you just, you just. Uh, that's all you really care about is the facts. You know, that's what you're. That's what you're taught. That's what you're trained and do. That's what you pay attention to when you're at work is facts. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And you got to turn off the emotion. I mean, that's that's just a human experience. The yeah. only way you can do your job the only way you for can operate a 25-year period, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, Joe Rogan had a really good uh, guest on that um, was a police psychologist. So She was her career. And I wish I could remember her name. It was a recent episode, maybe within the last five or six episodes he's done. Um, I would... I highly recommend you listen to that. I think you'd get a kick out of it. And I think a lot of your audience would too. Mm-hmm. Um, and she really goes in deep about the psychological effects that officers experience and the process, the application process that you have to go to yeah. um, to become an officer and uh, how certain people get eliminated from that process early on, just by answering a simple question uh, in, in a certain way. You know, I think that narrative has become more popular recently with people in the streets shouting police reform, be the police, you know, all this stuff. They, again, it's just a misunderstanding of, of what we're doing. Um, but, uh, yeah, you're right. You, you, appear heartless, but it's the only way it works. <laughs> if you, if you went to work every day and were a hundred percent emotional and, and acted like Instagram and Twitter <laughs> when, you were on a, when you were on a call, you couldn't handle that, dude. It's impossible. Yeah. But, you know, I was listening to your show, uh, one of the episodes, forgive me if I'm wrong, I think it was a sergeant you had Mm -hmm. on, and he talked about some of the uh, racism he's experienced while in uniform, Mm -hmm. uh, particularly from other black folks. Mm -hmm. And this is something that uh, Smooth and I have actually talked about. It was a topic on the last three Mm -hmm. episodes or something we did. Um, Mm -hmm. We call it Black on Black Racism, but... I don't know. You can call it whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, expand on that a little bit. Has it something you experienced? Um, I, it's fascinating. I, I don't think it's a lot. It's something that a lot of white people grasp. I don't know if they realize that that happens. <clears throat> yeah. um,
0: I don't think a lo- I don't think a lot of people really understand how much it happens because honestly, I did. I mean, yeah, I've experienced a ton of racism. You know, as a as a black man growing up. Uh, being from South Alabama and growing up in the the panhandle of Florida. But as far as in the career grows, I didn't realize how much it happened until I got onto the force. And you see it more or less from certain generations. But, but it's funny because people will ask me, you know, they're seeing situations on TV where there's cops making racist comments. They're seeing, uh, you know, they're reading the articles where cops are being fired because their body cameras caught them saying, you know, whatever they're using, whatever racist terminology. And they, the thing they ask me is, like, what would you do if you were in that situation? Or have you ever seen it? And the answer is no. Today, tomorrow, whenever, it'll be no. I've never seen any kind of racism within my department. I'm very lucky because my department is very diverse. If anything, I've seen people get heated on the streets, my white coworkers that are sitting right next to me, when people use racial slang in my presence, as far as civilians go. So have I ever seen it in my workplace? Absolutely not. I don't think that I will. But man, I've I've been on so many calls where, where I'm just, I'm just there trying to help. And it's like, they don't want to talk to you, you know, your the, the color of your skin is like automatically disregarded because of the uniform that you're wearing,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which is crazy to me because in, in the least, the best way for me to dumb it down as far as racism goes is it's based off the color of your skin. And so it, it just, sometimes it blows my mind that people can look at me, okay, I'm 6'5", I'm 255 pounds. And I'm black and I got a bunch of tattoos on me and you right. still forgot that I was black. Cause I'm wearing this uniform. You know, so it's like <laughs> disregard every little thing this guy's been through as a black man throughout his mm-hmm. whole life because he's wearing that badge and he's got that gun on his hip. And it's like, like I said, and Hey, it ain't all bad. Don't get me wrong. Some calls I go to, I can tell I'm able to relate to people quicker. They right. want to talk to you. They want to give you information about what they saw there, they're quicker to open up to you, mm-hmm. but like you said, man, there'll be so many times where I go to call and they're like, "Oh, you know," they're like, "You know, this guy's a coon. He's he's working for the white man." And mm-hmm. I'm just like, "Dude, my my supervisor's black. You know, my my, my chief mm-hmm. is black. Like, who am I? Who exactly am I working for?" You know, it's funny
2: you say that. I had a I was talking to one of my uh, friends who's a cop, and he was telling me one time he uh, pulled a car over. He was working in Jersey and the car was full of black dudes one night, like 12 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was talking to him and he was trying to get their driver's license, whatever. He does the same, you know, walk up to the car, handprint, walk up to the driver, ask for a driver's license. And the driver's handing the uh, driver's license out the window. And he's so nervous that he he drops the driver's license on the, uh, on the ground. Mm-hmm. So my friend's like, I'm not bending down to pick it up. Like I told him, get out of the car and pick the driver's license up and hand it to me. Mm-hmm. and uh and the guy did it but he, he could see he could see he could visibly see this guy was so super nervous he was shaking and everything And he goes and my friend's black the, the guys in the car are black he goes hey man like what's the problem why, why are you so nervous and he goes man you've been watching the news what's been going on with cops and black people living? <laughs> he, he, he goes "Man, he, he, he didn't say man he said you know some some words <laughs> said, man i'm black <laughs> and everybody in the car just started laughing it kind of like broke the tension like yeah. I think it's, it, it was just funny just to just to see that because they, they forgot that, oh, he was black and all they saw was a uniform, you know? So it's it's so wild. Like the, I mean, that just goes to show also that like the the, the experience that black people have in black communities with uh, police officers, like certain, if you if you have negative experiences, I guess it's hard to see past uniforms sometimes. So it's, I guess it's up to that officer to try to like, you know bridge the gap like try to be more personable i guess
0: um, yeah, yeah yeah i, I think that because like i said that's that's one side of it like you'll go to those calls they'll call you a coon they'll tell you you're working for whoever they'll tell you that you're not black and hey man i'll tell you right now you know as a black man you want to get under my skin let's talk about how not black i am because by <laughs> the time that, by the time that i leave that call you are going to remember how black i am you know <laughs> But, but on but on the other side of it uh as far as dealing with civilians uh that aren't black I've seen the majority of the racism that I see happens after they're taken into custody because you' oh, to yeah. know that when people are taken into custody mm-hmm. now they're baiting you to hurt them mm-hmm. they're baiting you to say something because they're yep. in custody they they're they're your property now you know you uh, whatever happens to them it's on you and yep. so, there's also been situations where you and I both know you can't just arrest somebody for, you know, running their mouth to you. So we're, we're, I'm trying to think the last situation we're, we're downtown we're in front of a crowd and this dude is just standing on a coin with his friends running his mouth to me. And there's not a whole lot I can do, but just stand there. Mm-hmm. You, never you never see that on TV. Mm-hmm. You'll never, ever go onto one of these major networks and see a white civilian, uh, using racial slang towards a black officer because that's not really like a juicy story for them to exploit, but it happens so much. Mm -hmm. That's daily. Yeah.
2: Yeah. One buddy told me he's been called the N word more time in uniform than he's ever been
0: called his entire life. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And nobody knows. And it's like, and it's like, dude, you couldn't do my job, man. You, no, and he, you couldn't. would man.
2: I, I put it in all my reports. So when it goes to court, the judges just look at it, read over it, like, oh, okay, you know. and that's it. Like the best thing you can do is put it in this report. Like I'm, a, I'm gonna tell you now. And then he said, N word this, followed by N word that. That's his best revenge? I'm, I'm gonna write every one of them. He said it 13 times.
0: Oh uh, man, yeah. I we dealt but with a guy. Expected
2: one, to take it, you
0: know? We we dealt with a guy one night. I man, I went to an HBCU, okay. Mm-hmm. This guy called me some stuff that I had to look up. I never <laughs> I never even heard the kind of things that he was saying before. But like you said, you know, you put them in the handcuffs and it's just like mm-hmm. you get to see their true colors. And and what's sad is these are people that work in the community. You know, these people still have regular, everyday jobs, and no one knows that they feel that way about Mm. black people. But as an officer, you see that. You know, and there's not a whole lot that you can do about it. But you got to stay professional. You know,
2: you got to be at work. Can you believe the names Pastor Troy called me yesterday? (laughs) Like what? Exactly. uh, The
1: parallel somebody said to me the other day, actually. It's, like, uh, it's kind of like a dog on a leash, right? You uh, you can tease that dog. Every time you pass that dog walking down the street, you can tease it. You can tease it. You know it's on a leash. You know it's not going to do anything to you. And then, all, and then one day, that leash snaps. <laughs> 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 and that dog is coming after your ass,
0: you know? <laughs> oh, man. That's why you got to have those coworkers that bring you down. Like, listen, it's not worth it. You know, yeah, right. Calm
1: down. You talk. I think it was actually with that same sergeant you talked to him about uh, having a talk about getting pulled over, you know, the talk quote unquote, the talk. talk Another thing that's been uh, talked about in the media quite a bit recently. um, And it's interesting. They, they make it seem like it's something that only uh, uh, black people experience. Mm -hmm. I I had the talk. I think most people have that talk. And I think that's a, it's an interesting thing. Now it's a different connotation, I think, mm-hmm. but it's yeah. still about when you get pulled over by a police officer, this is what you do. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you guys have your own experiences about that. And mm-hmm. If you had that talk smooth, I don't know uh, if you've ever experienced that or not, but have I, we talked about that on
2: the show. I don't know. I, no, we haven't talked about it on the show, but I've, I've had the talk. I've had the talk with my father. I had to talk with like my sisters. Uh, I'm, I'm dreading the fact that I actually have to have the talk with my son Uh, you know, soon, like, Hey, this, this is what happens. Like, this is what you need to do. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, just to make sure that you're safe and you don't do anything that can be perceived as, you know, uh, threatening or whatever, like try to make yourself as um, I don't know how to say unthreatening as possible, you know, just try to be, just try to be smart about it.
0: Yeah. Um, I I think a lot that, I think a lot that goes into that too is, uh, you know, where do you guys live? You know, what kind of what kind of area you guys growing up in? What kind of what kind of lifestyle do you live? You know, I remember when I when I got that talk from my mom, the area that we were growing up in was not the best, you know? So I think that's a lot went into it as well. But um you bring up a good point. I did I didn't realize that other other nationalities had that talk. And like you said, the the, the meaning behind it. You know, it might mm-hmm. be different, but mm-hmm. I didn't right. realize that other other, other households had that talk as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just, I never see a good outcome when you sit there and argue with a police officer on the side of the street, you
2: yeah. know? If it's warranted. I mean, I see I see the couple.
1: It, it, when it's warranted, <laughs> when it's warranted. And again, those are the ones that you see on Instagram that get all that traction, right? You know? Um Yeah. But the truth of the matter is, at that moment, the police officer's in control. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what it's about. When you're stopped by a police officer, he has the control
2: at that point in time. Agreed. I and, tell uh, people all the time, um, even, if, even if that officer is dead wrong, it, it, even, even if he's dead, he's dead wrong, wrong, the time to fight that officer is not on the side of the road. Because exactly. ultimately, at the end of the day, he has the power to take your life right. away if it comes down to that. Go through what you got to go through. If you even got to get arrested, get arrested. The time the fight is in court, not not on the side of the road. And I try to tell people that all the time. But for some reason, like I said, you get these internet lawyers who tell people, you don't have to do this and you don't have to do that. And they take you down a road, a long road, uh, where it just ends very badly for you. And at the end of the day, they're not around for you. And they're not going to be your legal defense. And they're not going to help you clean your record. And they're not going to the be the ones that hire you because then you got an arrest on your record. Like they're they're not the ones. Yeah. So I tell people all the time to properly educate yourself and like even if the even if you feel the police are wrong, even if they are, even if they are flat out wrong, like don't don't argue with them on the side of the road. Just all right, take the ticket, do what you got to do, comply. You know, go file a complaint if you need to go file a complaint. If you felt like you was being wrong, it, take it the legal way, yeah. do it the paper way.
0: I think, I think that looking back, um, yeah, I think in a black household, you know, my mom, the conversation is not so much revolved around, this is how you should think about police officers. It's more about, they want you to get home safely. So like exactly. you said, should I get pulled over if I'm wrong? You don't need to be acting in fool. Hey man, I, I got pulled over plenty of times before I got mm-hmm. this job and at the same time, Each time, I remember I did exactly what my mom told me to do. You know, you pull over to a well lit place, roll Mm -hmm. all the windows down, Mm -hmm. turn the vehicle off, Mm -hmm. and just let them know what you got going on, where your information is, where you're reaching. You know, reach for reach for things slowly. Like Mm -hmm. it was the same story over and over again. So, like I said, I, I don't want people to to hear that and get the wrong idea. We're not saying like, man, this is what you you know, this is what's gonna happen when you get pulled over. It's more about, hey, mm-hmm. get home safe. Mm-hmm. Like you said, right. uh, I got a really good friend who's a police officer in Texas. And the phrase that he uses is don't put your life in an officer's hands. And it's right. don't, don't make that officer make a choice or have to make a decision on, you know, whether you're going home tonight or he's going home tonight. Like if you can try to make it as smooth as possible. Right. Because just like you said, you know, if you're right, okay, be right and go fight it later on. Right. If yeah, you're right. If you're right, right, it,
2: it, if you're it right, right tonight, now, you'll be right
0: tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I'll fight on the uh, side of the road. Yeah, and, and and hey, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I, we're not taking away from every little situation. I've seen some traffic stops that I just don't agree with, but you know, for the oh, majority the of it, for the majority yeah. of it, like you said, you know, if you're right, you'll be right tomorrow. So right. Uh, and maybe we Have should do noticed- an episode about that. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll just do a whole, a whole episode about traffic stops, you know.
1: <laughs> that, it's not a bad idea, man, because you could do hours on that. Yeah. That, it, it's, that's a wild thing,
0: man. Yeah. I mean, I got,
2: I got pulled over one time. I, I was swerving. And uh, I mean, I, 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 was, I was wrong. I was wrong. But the cop pulled me over. He was like, yeah, I pulled you over because you were swerving. I'm like, listen, man, I'm a black man. And I got a bucket full a hot, fresh fried chicken. I was eating while I was driving, and I just like, and I just like, you know, served a little bit. Yeah, excited. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I apologize. I apologize. He saw it. I was like, yeah, man, I, I was hungry. I could really So wait,
1: you were swerving because you were eating the fried
2: chicken? Well, it thinking? wasn't like a dramatic swerve, but it was enough that we we're like, you know, all right. What are you doing? Like, I would, if I was a cop, I probably would have pulled me over too. But I understood. And I'm like, listen, man, I was eating. Like, I'm sorry. Like, that's what it was. You just couldn't wait to get out. No, I couldn't wait. You had to eat that chicken. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. and it was bad because it was chicken too. And I'm like, oh, of course. Yeah, I know <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Let like, you go. ah, like, you couldn't, you couldn't give me one. I had a burger, my man. Like, <laughs> 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 but burgers are easy to control, like one hand. But chicken, you gotta like, you know, it's manipulate greasy. it, and it falls yeah. all over the place. Oh man. Yeah. So no, I get it. I get it all day long. So. <laughs> Have you uh,
1: noticed? An uptick. I mean, actually, I don't know how much uh, how many traffic stops you make in any given shift, but have you noticed an uptick in in, um, stops that have become more confrontational since the unrest? Is that is that something you've noticed? No,
0: no, no, not here. Um, I would I would be willing to to be very optimistic and say that uh, we have a pretty good relationship with the community and the department, which has been very telling in times like these. I mean, you know, we had uh, we had weeks of some pretty, like, you know, intense protests and things like that, and uh, it kind of died down a little bit. There's still, there's still protests, but they're all peaceful. In my opinion, they are. But uh, I think that the more transparent that departments have been with their communities, you know, depending on the area and depending on the sizes of them, it's been very telling in times like these. So like I said, we're not perfect. We still have a lot of room to grow. We have things to change. But for the most part, people can people can see what's happening on TV and what's happening in their community. And that's been all of the battle for us. So um, as far as traffic stops and everyday calls and things like that, not really, to be honest with you it's still been pretty much the same. Like you said, you'll do traffic stop after traffic stop and it'll all be smoothly, but every now and then you'll get that one person. Like you said, they just, they caught up on their Instagram material mm-hmm. that day, or they caught up on their Facebook mm-hmm. material that day and they are like, I know my rights. And they passed the internet bar. I'm just like, man. And you know, it's funny. Cause we all have the same reaction. Like when it mm-hmm. starts like that, like when they say that, I'm just like, dude, it wasn't even that serious.
1: Yeah. I like it wasn't you're going, this. You're going off the deep end, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. Chill out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh and that it's and that's a um, warning. Yeah, that's unfortunate, but uh there's not a, there's not um in in my opinion, there hasn't been a whole lot of change.
1: Um BLM. What's your what's your thought on the movement versus uh the message versus uh people hijacking it? Um is there you Know as a, as a, a black
0: police officer, I think goal. that you know, every now and then in the show, I like to pause and let everybody know that the opinions and ideas on this show don't reflect uh, department or
2: <laughs> 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 wait, 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 I, got, that, <laughs> if that's uh, a disclaimer, the <laughs> only way to make that official is if you say it fast, like. Like
0: <laughs> <laughs> on uh, go those on those sh- those uh medication shows. Yeah, yeah it's when it's it may cause death, but everybody yeah. in the background's dancing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like, this allergy medication will make your liver fall out of your body. Like, wait, what? <laughs> like, that's yeah. cool.
0: It's
2: cool.
0: I think that you know what? I think it's a, uh, if you would have asked me this question three or four months ago, I, I would have gave you the most emotional, just jaded, uneducated answer that I possibly could have. And I think it's such a good time, you know, that that you've asked right now because the, the smoke is kind of clear. I understand there's still things going on. There's still a lot of change that's being made, but I think we've all had some, some time to reflect on certain things. So... I think when it comes to to Black Lives Matter, the best thing for people to do is to break it down into categories, because this is a this is a phrase that a lot of people are using. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about the organization and um, I'll, I'll always forget her name, it's Pat- I think it's Patrice Cullors, you talk about the leaders of that organization. There's a video after video and article after article where she establishes herself and the organization mm-hmm. as being completely anti-government. Mm-hmm. And, and they've, and they've all but forgotten about law enforcement. They don't agree with law enforcement in general. They mm-hmm. want to do away with it. You know, they're not talking I'm about,
2: they're
0: not, they're not talking about reform and they're not talking about reallocating funds. They're not talking about having better police officers. They're talking about having no police officers at all. And so, when you do that i'm forced to identify you with that statement right. and as a as a police officer i'm I, there's no way i can get on board with that you know not. and so that's one part of the category when it comes to the next part of the category what i what i've seen is people who just they're going out and they're committing crimes, they're rioting, they're looting. Not only that, they're, they're still shooting and killing each other. And all the while they're doing it, they're saying Black Lives Matter. Okay. And so that uh, now I'm even more confused about the agenda. Okay. And, and I don't know what percentage you would put these categories in, but if I had to say as far as the overall percentage of these categories of people that use that phrase black lives matter what i'm seeing is people that protest the majority of them i say kids but they're you know 19 to i say 25 30 years old mm-hmm. and i think that these people have a genuine interest in humanity and equality and i don't think that they identify with the same ideologies as the first two categories right. i think that one of the best way my coworkers explained it to me is there's so much history happening right now before people's very eyes. And they, they yearn, they want to be a part of it so bad. And they think that them going out and protesting and you know, making all these changes is the best way to go about being a part of that history. To them that's constructive. And I don't have a problem with these people at all you know you're going out there and you're peacefully protesting you're finding ways to get involved in your community um and you're saying black lives matter hey man i got i got no problem with that at all um and like i said i don't know what percentage you would put into these you know categories of people that are using this phrase but when it it comes to the first two categories it's so frustrating because you know, and I, and I know I'll probably lose some people when I say this, but I just think that I think that what happens is the media twists and turns these situations and they can exploit these officer-involved shootings. They, mm-hmm. they can make it seem like these officers mm-hmm. are literally going out to hurt and kill and target Black people. And, and that causes such an uproar in the black community where we, we march and we protest and we demand change. And I can't help, but wonder what we could accomplish if we did this every time a little black boy or a black girl got hit by a straight bullet. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing for people to say is when you bring that up, they're like, oh, you know, we're not talking about that right now. You know, that's another battle or whatever. But it's like, when the hell are we, What when, when are we going to start going that hard for those mm-hmm. issues as well? Hey, man, I'm not trying to take away from the first issue at all. I, can clear, I can't I can even front. I'm seeing the videos just like y'all are seeing them. Mm-hmm. I'm reading the articles just like y'all are seeing them. These are, these are officers doing things that I would never want to happen in my department. I can never work with these officers. But at the same time, As an officer, as a black officer who works in the black community, you can't help but feel passionate about it because you're the one doing the notification. Mm -hmm. Whenever these kids die, whenever these young men die in these stolen cars, whenever these kids have drug overdoses because their friends pressured them into trying some drugs at a party or whatever, we're the ones that go to the families and tell them that their kids are dead Mm -hmm. time after time after time. You know, we've done plenty in my very short, naive career, I've done plenty of death notifications. And that's the first thing I think about every time. Like, what if we had been, what if we had been, what if our force in the community, you know, was that Was that? Was that prevalent that these kids feel like they had a different way, that they didn't have to go gangbang, that they didn't have to you know, what, what if like we had some more opportunities? What if they were able to go, you know, have some kind of outlet other than doing what we see them doing every single day?
2: Right.
0: So like I said, I don't want to take away from one problem at all, but it's like, <sighs> I just think that we could accomplish a lot more. I think we could save a lot more lives too. So, so mm-hmm. like I said, uh, you know, when it comes to Black Lives Matter, I think it's it's good to break it down in the categories as to who's about what and who's using the phrase. To be honest with you, I think that the majority of people who use that phrase probably don't even know about Patricia Collins. I was about
2: to, yeah. I was about to say that, man. Yeah. I think yeah. I'm glad that you broke it down in the categories because within any party and any group, like every other group, there's always people who are there for the right reasons, and there's always extremists. And I think she would be in the extremist category. And I think a lot of people who support Black Lives Matter they see the police shootings, they see unarmed Black people being shot or killed and murdered, and they're passionate about that. And they latch on to the first thing that they can identify with, which is Black Lives Matter, and that becomes their voice. But unfortunately, what a lot of people do not do, and it is Black people, it's white people, it's it's just this generation where everything is so um, readily available and so much information is pushed in front of you. And a lot of people, yeah, they take this, we have this instant gratification kind of thing when it comes to information. And nobody actually takes the time to do the research Mm -hmm. and to understand, like, all right, Black Lives Matter, I'm a Black Lives Matter Mm -hmm. supporter. All right. But I'm not a the extreme supporter. I'm not a get rid of the police. I'm not a, you know, anti-government supporter. I'm a police reform, get, you know, police in these communities. Like, you know, let's get a, a working relationship with you know, the black communities and police officers. And let's get to a point where we can understand each other.
0: Um, see, if you if you jumped on the Internet with what mm-hmm. you just said, mm-hmm. you, you would be an outcast.
2: Oh, of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, you get slammed, but I think, <laughs> can't oh yeah, but that's the problem. Like people who are jumping on the black lives matter, they don't understand the viewpoint of the heads of black lives matter. And then when you get white people who say, Oh, black lives matter is a terrorist group. They're anti-police people who don't understand the viewpoint of miss Patricia. Yeah. Uh, will take it as a personal attack because they don't have any, some of them don't even have any knowledge of who she is or what she stands for.
0: Yeah. Period. Completely different ideologies.
2: Yeah. So what 100%. they're, what they, what they feel is under attack is the fact that they're asking for equal. They feel like their request in for equality is under attack and not the ideology of the heads of the movement, but it goes to people not taking the time to properly educate themselves. Like, they, pe- people want to belong so bad and they want to fight and they're passionate and they want to do good, but they don't take their time to do the proper research into what is what. Yeah. You know, they don't know exactly what organization they're aligning themselves
1: with. Right. So I it, kind of break it. I, I break it down like you do. It's very similar. I, I somebody asked me, you know, what do you think about black lives matter? I said, well, the message and the organization are two totally different things in my mind. Um, and I don't agree with the organization and uh i've been on record calling them a terrorist organization i oh, yeah. we have
2: we've, we've had heated we've heated debates about, yeah, about yeah, it we talking about that at length. You know, but again show. you're talking about the ideology of you know the of uh, the organization, of the organization uh, from the leaders and i'm talking about message. the purpose and the message that you know of uh, equality and we're and sometimes we're just arguing two different points. And I'm like, I don't understand how you don't understand this. And he's like, I don't understand how you don't understand this. And we're like, well, we've been friends for like well, almost 11 years. I'm like, you're an idiot. And he's like, no, you're an idiot. Like, yeah. just, you know. But we've always come to the realization, like,
1: mm-hmm. of course, Black Lives Matter. And that's, always, that's always my response is, mm-hmm. of course, Black Lives Matter. I've never thought any different. I don't need an organization to tell me mm-hmm. to think that way. Yeah. I've always yeah. thought that. You know, and, uh, and I think most people have. And I think that's why it's such an easy phrase to latch onto okay. as a purpose. But like I think, like it I, is so easy. It's such an understandable thing.
2: I agree. But like I said before, I think a lot of people don't understand don't. the ideology that's same behind same. the same. statement, uh, like the statement itself, Black Lives Matter, versus the ideology behind the people who created it. Of course. And exactly. that's like, I mean, it's basically, I guess you would kind of. Like you said, it was a terrorist organization because they're anti-government, anti-police. Mm-hmm. So, of course, nobody who's pro-police can say, oh, yeah, I'm a supporter of that. Mm-hmm. Um, because they have probably looked at who's behind it, what they're saying, and they're looking at it from that point. I mean, of course, they probably think, you know, all lives matter. You hear people say all lives matter, all lives matter, which is another thing that kind of like, you know, we, we've, we've discussed it also. Um, but like I said, I don't think people are doing their actual research and understanding yeah. no, that it. uh, what it's about. There's plenty
1: of people that do understand what the organization's message is, and they've latched onto it for that purpose.
0: For instance, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. anarchists. I'm curious. They're they they are in that lane, and they're actually supporting it. I believe uh, they're supporting the organization more than they are the actual message. You
2: know what I think we should do? It's interesting. The next protest, mm-hmm. we should go and do street interviews and ask people. Gotcha moments. Yeah. Gotcha was, moments. Like, do you know who this is? Do you know why? Like, what do you think about this? And just get their viewpoints. And like,
1: I know. I, you know. I see that all the time on Instagram I, at that protest. If you went and asked them why they're here or what do you know about the Black Lives Matter organization, they
2: wouldn't be able to even answer you and they would just be silent. They would stare at you. Well, I think it would just, it. just go to prove the point. Like people don't do their independent research.
0: No, not at all. And you know why I said that? I said that I was so glad that you guys uh, asked me, that, or we talk about this right now, rather than uh, you know, two or three months ago. I remember you know, when the protests first kicked off, I was face to face with a few different protesters at different times. And every time it was a white person and they would like, you know, look at me and be like, Black Lives Matter, and I'd be like, yeah. And I am like, we're just staring at each other after that. And I'm like, all right, where is this going? Yeah, and right.
2: Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, and they're just like... like yeah, well, your boots <laughs> are shiny too. Yeah, I, I did that this morning. Like,
0: exactly. I'm like, that, that phrase is not, to, to me, that phrase is not a stab no. at, at, at police officers. And before you know it, I'm getting lectured by a white protester about how hard it is to be a black man in America. <laughs> yeah, and and I'm cool. just like, man, like... Really? you don't
2: understand because you're with them I'm like yeah. bro at the end of the day black police officers take their uniform off and at the end of the day when they're walking around the street they're just another black man yep. yeah. like it, 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 what do you mean like yeah. this 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 uniform isn't is something that a police officer wears 24 hours a day. Yeah.
0: No, they think, eight, you, 10, they, they think you sleep in, in a it. Day. No, yeah. they think you sleep in your uniform.
2: You, you get pulled over. Other police officers don't see your uniform. They yep. see you. You are, you know, a black yeah, man. You exactly. go to the community, you're a black man. They actually, we, uh, one of your episodes is called,
1: uh, "What I Can take my uniform off, but not no. my skin or yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Smooth uh, so said that exact line. Yeah. It's funny. Before we, I started listening to your show, we –
0: we had a, a very similar discussion. Yeah, no, we also we all feel yeah. the same way. But Like I said, when it comes to when it comes to the organization, that's one thing. Hey, you and I both know that there's people out there that they could give less about equality mm-hmm. or anything like that, but they're just using the phrase for whatever reason. It's blowing my mind. People are like literally committing crimes. They're burning down. They're burning down their own businesses in the black community that are owned by black people. And saying black lives matter, I'm just like, what the, what the hell? Like, like I said, we talked
2: talked about that too. And I kind of was like on the other side of it. Like I understand the frustration that a lot of people have. and, uh, And I was saying, like I was saying, I prefaced it where I don't condone violence. You know, I don't condone burning down people's buildings or anything like that but I did understand the frustration where people were coming from. And I was saying that you know, America only understands two things throughout the history since it was born. Uh, America has only understand two things. One is money. And the other is violence. You mess with their money. You get their attention. You punch them in the face, you get their attention. And I understand why a lot of the people were burning buildings down because they were frustrated. They, you know, after years and years of, you know silently protesting peacefully protesting from dr king peacefully protesting the chicken dogs and water hoses on them and colin kaepernick taking the knee and everybody telling him to shut up and get off the field nobody wants to listen nobody wants to listen but now that business is burning and people are, you know like i said i don't condone it i don't condone it at all but i understand like at some point how many times am i going to let you punch me in the face before i punch you back you know and that was where i was kind of like arguing it like the i i get it like i get it i don't think it's right but i get it i understand it you know i don't condone it but i understand where the frustration was coming from for those who were in it for the right reason but you know there's obviously people who just want to loot and cause havoc and do dumb stuff but it's still pretty slow though oh of course of course no and, I, and I, that's why i always wanted to make absolutely sure that you know i don't condone it like i understand where you're coming from i understand that you're angry i understand that you're frustrated but i don't condone it
0: no i I mean, these conversations are important. So people can see that we all do have our own different personal opinions. And, hey, man, at the end of the day, if we're, if we're all working towards that that goal, you know, if we're all still doing this job for the reasons that we signed up for, that's all I care about. You know, you can still, you can still, one of my other coworkers was talking about it the other day with the whole 9-11 thing, like, if you take everything that's happened in the last four or five months with police officers and civilians, and and God forbid another 9-11 happened, you would still get the same reaction from the first responders. They would mm-hmm. still go into those buildings. They would still be trying to save every little person they can. And if it happened in New York, you know, it would be the majority of people would, would be like not in favor of first responders. You know, they would have been on the corner the day before talking about defund the police, do away with the NY, NYPD, F the mm-hmm. police. And if another 9-11 happened in 2020, you would still get the same reaction from those guys. So like I said, like I was just telling my coworker the other day, we can have different opinions. We always will. We'll have different opinions and everything. But as long as you're still going to do what you said you were going to do, you know, when you, when you swore in that oath, Mm-hmm. that's what matters because i think as a first responder you have to remember like yeah it's awesome to have that support but you are especially called on to serve and protect the people that don't want you there Agreed. so as long as you can remember that at the end of the day that, that that's what i care about so. I agree.
1: that's a good uh good message to end on yeah i like it yeah yeah um i i really was, uh appreciate you having us on your show
0: no, I appreciate you guys, too. I'm an idiot. I don't know why we didn't do this before. We should do this. <laughs> we should probably, probably like do an episode once a month or something. You know, just, Yeah, yeah. We can, we can like keep it. doing it, man.
1: Um, hey, listen. It's all about sharing listeners. That, that's, yeah. uh, that's what makes podcasts successful. And um, it's a side gig for us, just like it is for you. But uh, I do daydream about it
2: full-time <laughs> getting get that joe rogan money you know <laughs> i don't, I I don't think, need joe rogan i can take a hundred thousand yeah i don't need joe rogan money don't, i think what do i
0: wrong. do what i do is i listen to other people not not law enforcement podcasts but i listen to other people's podcasts and i'm like man this sucks like, <laughs> they're, make, they're making yeah. money off of this like <laughs> that blows me away all the time yeah,
1: I, yeah. I listen to this stuff i'm like are they buying listeners? Like, what are we
0: what uh, are they doing here? Dude, people make some money off of some incre- I mean, I guess outside of podcasts too, but man, I listen to some stuff and I'm like, this person has 3 million, 3 million people want to listen wow. to this. Yeah. It's, wow. <laughs> it's, cra- it's crazy. Wow. Yeah.
1: But
0: uh, speaking of making money, if uh, if we may, can we
1: plug our show? Yeah. Let's see. All right. Oh, that was Is a black guy. Check us out Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts are the biggest three, um, but you can listen to us on any platform really. Visit our website askablackguy.com and follow us on Insta at askablackguy.
0: Guys, once again, that was Slim and Smooth from the Ask a Black Guy podcast. Uh, they also have their podcast up on several different platforms and they also have an instagram page along with a merchandise tab so you can go check out some of their hats and t-shirts and other things let me get a second i promise you the body camera episode is coming soon okay i gave you my part i know i've been saying it for like the last few weeks but i just want to make sure i have all my facts straight and just make sure that i can say every little thing i want to say and, and convey the message in the right way and get that information out there for you guys so uh, thanks for hanging tight with me. Um, a, few of you, a few of you have asked about how the podcast is doing overall, and it's incredible. Uh, the The page has had over 1,000 followers, 1,000 new followers in the last month or so. Um, the podcast is currently at over 10,000 listens and over 2,000 downloads easily. So uh, once again, like I said, every time I look at those numbers, that's just, it's blowing my mind that that many people care to listen to what we have to say so as always thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the real minority report